This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. So depending on where you're located, you are going to love this interview with the CMO of Rita's Italian Ice or Rita's Water Ice. Robin Seward is a phenomenal leader who's been through many different iterations of social, including the famous incident of Pharrell and the Grammys and his hat. Take a listen. Welcome, Robin, to the show. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. And I am a big fan of Rita's, just so you know. A big, big Italian ice girl myself. Water ice here in Philly, just so you know. Oh, it's water ice in Philly, but we say ice is New York. Yes, water. Yeah, W-O-O-D-E-R. Water. That's our accent. That's our accent here. Now I'm completely fascinated. Water ices. I love it. Are there different pronunciations regionally? Do they refer to it differently other than Philly or is it just? just Predominantly in Philadelphia, it's always been water ice, but pronounced water ice because of the Philly accent. But outside of the core, it's actually Italian ice. It's always Um, Italian ice. Yeah. Yeah, so it's very interesting. It's very regionalized. You've got Polish ice, you've got Italian ice, water ice, whatever. It's uh, more diverse than you would think. I love this. Well, this actually goes into a whole messaging strategy, but I don't even want to talk about that yet because I'm very <laughs> excited to talk about you. I want to okay. learn, I want to learn the story of your career. Uh, you know, obviously, it's pretty incredible where you are today at Rita's. So I would love to talk to you about the story of how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, I'll try and make it brief um, because other than that, it would be boring. Um, I actually started off my career in the advertising side of the business, which was great. Um, I I actually wanted to be a graphic artist until I realized I had no talent there. Um, But there was a creative side to me um, that I wanted to explore and marketing seemed to be and advertising seemed to be that perfect outlet for me. Um, So I started in uh, in the advertising side of the business in the Philadelphia area, actually went to New York, worked at Shiat Day for a while um, and some other advertising agencies and then made the change over to client side um, where one of my old clients actually asked me to come on over um, and that was with uh, Infinity Cars and then I did it again with Burger King. Um, They had been a client and then I went client side with them as well. And I kind of traveled through that career path um, mainly in QSR in the later part of my career in restaurants um, which I love. I bleed ketchup still even though I'm actually (laughs) bleeding water ice now. Um, But, um, you know, and that kind of brought me here um, to this position at Rita's. You know, a lot of the women that I speak to did start their career in agency and went to the brand side. And a lot of them recommend starting their careers in agencies. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, The the 
the exposure that you get to a multiple a multitude of businesses um, you you won't get anywhere else so what helped what was great for me in the advertising side I did b2b I did b2c um, I got to get my chops you know presenting frankly to clients in that in that mode but I also got to understand businesses from a PL perspective even um, that knowledge that experience then when you can take all of that and focus it in on a particular brand moving forward regardless of what category it is is just incredible experience and helpful. Incredible. And I know you mentioned that you have, you've had a a focus in QSR. You've worked at many QSRs. Um, So one of those was Arby's. And I know from talking to you that you were involved in the very social, very exciting phenomenon of the Grammy incident with Pharrell and his hat and Arby's. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that because that's really perfect for our social ladies. Sure. And you know what? And, and, and there's no there's no personal credit to be taken there at all. Um, I think really what it comes down to is having a team surrounding you that understands your brand position, who you are at the core, what voice you speak with socially, because that can be different than other uh, communication channels that you might be using, and then giving and empowering people to be able to make those connections and to have those live conversations in the right voice at the right time. So really what it comes down to when it came to the Pharrell hat, and I'm going to be completely honest with you, yeah. the gentleman who was heading up social media at the time and digital at the time was actually watching watching the Grammys, um, feeding his baby a bottle, saw Pharrell come on stage with that hat and tweeted, hey, man, give us our hat back. Um, And it was really because he was in an environment and with a brand and an organization that was very clearly defined on who they were. Um, how they would respond in this situation it was so Arby's brand on brand from that perspective. Um, and he was empowered to be able to make that connection. And that's literally how it happened. Um, it was, it was serendipitous to say the best. I love it when people say, Oh, we want this to go viral. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> I, I totally um, agree. I totally yeah. agree. I love the combination it being empowered, but also really knowing the brand voice so well that you wouldn't yeah. really go off. I think that's, what it is. It's not just even that they were empowered, it's that they know what Arby's would say in any instant. Absolutely. It is important on any marketing level, let alone social. If you don't know who you are at your core, what the soul of the brand is, then you wouldn't know how to respond. So it must have been like just a really wild experience to watch something go viral. I know you and I just talked about like not really, you can't really make things go viral, but when something organically happens like that, was that incredible just to watch? It was unbelievable. It was absolutely unbelievable. And then there was still obviously back and forth. It it had legs long after that, right? So, you know, Pharrell tweeted back, don't start, you know, what are you starting a roast beef? Um, (laughs) You know, and it went back and forth. We actually purchased the yeah. actual hat as a charity. So it was it was awesome to see, but it was almost unreal at the time because when it was happening, we were like watching, you know, the, the you know, that night and the next morning, you know, oh, one of the top five tweets was Arby's. We're like, really? For a hat? Okay. Um, it was really unexpected and exciting and, and man, what that did for the morale, obviously, and, and the franchisee community was just insurmountable. Unbelievable. And so did you, I've had other women on the show who t- who've had a similar-ish sort of moment. I don't know if to the scale of uh, the Arby's and Pharrell hat, um, but they described mm-hmm. it like lightning in a bottle. Like this was something that could happen once. And it was, it's very hard to sort of temper your expectations that you can't create that sort of thing again. It just sort of happens at a moment in time, right place, right time, right message, boom. Right. Um, 
is it hard? Is it hard not to kind of always be chasing that? Um, It is and it isn't. I think for me, you know, and it goes back to understanding who you are as a brand at the center. Um, It's 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 your constant aspiration, right? I mean, you know that you can't control what goes viral and what's not, but if you continue with that focus and knowing that every communication, every interaction that you're having socially on any channel um, could potentially lead to that, if you're staying true to the brand, that to me is just as exciting because it's just keeping that, that engagement going and you'll never know what will take and what won't. Yeah, really. It's very inspiring. It's all about knowing the voice. I love it. And so mm-hmm. when, when you went over to Rita's, tell me a little bit about the social strategy there and what, what, if you had to answer the question, why is Rita's on social today? How would you answer? Sure. Well, let me take a step back. Just philosophically, my perspective on social, it is a, it is a pure engagement tool. I know a lot of people like to look at that as reach and frequency um, tool, um, which to me is gravy, but that's not why I use social. I use it to engage with my customer on a one-to-one basis as much as I can. Obviously, your messages are going out to most, um, but that's kind of how we look at it from a Rita's perspective. Um, we use social to have that conversation. Um, we're a very visual brand. People take pictures of our products all the time. One of mm-hmm. the things that is unique to us is, you know, you go eat a ice, you stick out your tongue and your tongue is blue, snap a shot, goes up on Instagram and they send it to us and to all of their friends. Um, so for us, it's like... We, 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 we kind of can identify ourselves as confidently quirky, you know, and we do things that we know might be weird or odd, but we're okay with that. Um, we're okay in our own skin. And we try to communicate that across all of our social activities as well. Yeah, go ahead, stick out your tongue. I mean, it's a little goofy, but, you know, we like it and we're going to, you know, pr- promote that for you. Um, and we also respond almost to every single question or, you know, anybody sends a really cool picture and we respond to it almost immediately um, because we want to be, you know, interacting with you as much as possible. So when you talk about it being purely an engagement play, this is an engagement medium for you. uh, How Mm -hmm. important is the overarching reach or are you solely measuring, really looking at how much a piece of content is engaged with? Is it important for you um, to have a broader community with which to engage or is it really all about what gets the most engagement? It's a, it's, both, but it's more about engagement for me. I mean, for Brita's, yeah. we're very lucky because we are a, we have a cult following. We have over 800,000 fans on Facebook. Wow. Wow. I don't need to grow that. Right. <laughs> I really don't. Right. Um, you know, but frankly, when I got here, we spent most of our, our conversation online, basically, here's the ice flavor of the month. Here's a coupon here, you know, and talking mm. at our customers, yeah. which frankly, you know, we still got a lot of response and we still had a lot of interaction, but it really was very uninteresting and boring. Yep. Um, um, so, no, I think, you know, for us, we don't need to grow it. We want to grow things more like Instagram and things that are more visual um, and more immediate, um, um, which, you know, Instagram actually is our our channel of choice right now because of that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, it's, it's less important to, about how many people, obviously you need a base, but it's less important about how many people you have as to are they, do they even care what you're saying? Because you could have 800,000 people, but if you're not really saying anything interesting, it doesn't really matter. You guys have how many locations? Over 600, right? You're over 600? Wow. So 600 stores. And so, and your franchise operated, right? Correct. hundred percent. So when you have franchise owners and they are basically entrepreneurs, right? Who have their own sort of vision. Do you, do you empower them to have their own presences on social or is it something that's controlled by corporate? Talk to me a little bit about that. 
It's a little bit of both. Obviously, we have our national Facebook page and Instagram pages. Almost all of our individual store locations will have their own Facebook page. They don't tend to have Instagram, you know, or Twitter for the most part. Some do, but very few. Um, And they really utilize their local pages to promote what they're doing on an uber local basis, whatever events they're working on, um, fundraisers, those types of things to communicate with their immediate audience. Um, So we provide them a lot of graphics and even verbiage to use if they want to take some of the things that we're doing nationally and blow them out a little bit locally. We try to manage making sure that our brand personality is coming through and they're speaking with that same tone of voice. Um, But they really use it to promote what's happening locally. And talk to me about which networks resonate best for Rita's today. Which networks are you on and which is your network of choice if you had to choose one? I know it's like choosing a favorite child. It's not really allowed. But if you pick pick sort of a a favorite network or one that's working best for Rita's. Instagram, I think. Um, would be what's working most for us. Um, We we have about 40 or 50,000 followers on Instagram, but we have so many people that just, you know, snap a picture, load it up, you know, and we do the same. And that just seems to be, we have more engagement happening there than we do on any other channel, any other network. Wow. It's exciting. Such a big shift, Mm -hmm. really, if you think about it over time. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at at the mediums that got the most engagement, I've been doing the show a really long time and and Instagram has slowly really become the engagement method of choice, which is unbelievable. Unbelievable. And where else are you on on social for Rita's? Well, we obviously are on Facebook. We do have a little bit of Twitter um, and that's pretty much it for now. We were exploring some things, believe it or not, to personify the brand and have and go on Tinder. We haven't done that. Ooh, um, so fun. Um, I know, but I, I just thought that would be, you know. Ba- Who wouldn't want to be yeah. Well, that's what we're saying. It's like every one of our products, the gelati would have a certain personality, our blendini would, and we've been playing around with that. It hasn't come to fruition yet, but you never know. It might be coming down the road. That's so fun. So, so mm-hmm. fun. Uh, okay, and so tell me a little bit about your usage of social media. So when you get home, Do you want to Mm -hmm. shut it off or are you somebody who's just in it and totally immersed? You know, it really depends. Um, I like to stay immersed to some degree so I can stay up and on the ever-changing category. Um, I am a Facebook person. I'm more of a voyeur (laughs) than I am uh, anything else. Yeah, I actually, and and believe it or not, I'm very into LinkedIn because I see a lot of things from a business perspective um, that I do a lot of sharing and stuff. But no, I I wouldn't say I'm addicted to any sense. I like to spend time with my family person to person. Um, But no, I, I, you know, I am pretty connected most of the time. And so we talked a little bit about some of the opportunities for Rita's looking at Tinder and some cool stuff like that. What would you say is one of the biggest challenges facing Rita's in social today? Um, it is about, it's, it's probably what everybody else's challenge is being relevant. Um, yeah. you know, having conversations that people care about. Um, yeah. and again, it just, it really goes down to who you are at the core, um, which makes that a lot easier, but it is, it's a struggle every day. Cause you know, you want to be out there every day. You don't want to miss anything, but it's hard to be relevant every day. It is, it is really hard. And, and sometimes when you're, yeah, you also want to not try too hard to be relevant, right? When you, if you've ever seen brands that try and associate themselves, see the Pharrell hat was such a great example because it was so relevant to Arby's, like the hat was exactly. the hat. But a lot of times yeah. there are brands that, that try to be relevant around certain scenarios and then they yeah. just, it's a total miss. Yeah. I mean, see that you, time, it's going again. Yeah, I think the sweet spot is, it has to be organic. 
It has to, you can't, you really yeah. can't plan for it. And so nope. how many people do you have at Rita's executing your social and creating your content today? Well, I only have two people here on staff, but our PR firm also helps a lot with that as well. So we do blog, blogger programs and things like that and outreach um, through um, agency partnerships. Wonderful. And how? Mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about blogger partnerships. How do those work for you? Are they something that you recommend? Um, you know, we're just starting out. Um, again, for our brand in particular, because we have such an incredible loyal base, it makes sense for us. We, you know, people come to us wanting to represent us out there, whether it be a blogger or just a brand ambassador. Um, so for instance, you know, we are a victim of weather in our business. You know, if it's raining or cold, we, you know, business slumps. So we actually are starting a weather warrior program with some of our biggest brand ambassadors and some of our bloggers where we're giving them little weather kits, rain gear, you know, Ice, ice scrapers for if it's cold and snowy, you know, and go experience and take pictures of you enjoying readers regardless of the weather. Um, what I really like about blogger programs and those kinds of outreach is they're doing the work for it's word of mouth and they're doing a lot of that brand building for us. Um, and it means a lot more coming from them than it could be from anything we push down from here. I so love, I do, I, love, love Weather Warriors. I think it's adorable. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, depending on the brand, you know, it can make a lot of sense. And for us, it sure does. Especially when you have people who are so organically passionate about what you do. Exactly. I mean, you can't, you can't buy that. I mean, you can actually, but you can't buy the love. You can buy the right. relationship, but you can't buy the organic love. And I believe you really can tell. When, a, when yep. a blogger loves you, you know. I agree. Versus just giving you the endorsement. Totally. So tell me, Robin, where should people follow Rita's today? I'm assuming Instagram. Yes, Instagram.com at Rita's Ice. Awesome. So Rita's, Rita's Ice. Yeah. And yeah. where should people connect with you? Is LinkedIn a good place if they want to connect Link, with you? That would be perfect. Wonderful. Robin, thanks for being on the show today. You are one fabulous social lady. Oh, thank you so much. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerpin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.